the citizens of our state are really important. Your lives are important. Your lives matter. Economic inclusion matters. Welcome to Agency for Change, a podcast from Kid Glove that brings you the stories of changemakers who are actively working to improve our communities. In every episode, we'll meet with people who are making a lasting impact in the places we call home. Today on the podcast, we are diving deep into what makes Nebraska such a great place to do business by going right to the source. And that means we'll be speaking with someone who has a finger on the pulse of the economy in his role at the Nebraska Department of Economic Development. What's more, he co-owns a business himself, Capital Cigar Lounge, right here in Lincoln. And he's a published author, a veteran, and a successful leader with a seat on a number of of boards at prominent companies across the state. Hi, everyone. This is Lynn Weinman, and welcome to another episode of Agency for Change. We're talking today, of course, with Tony Goins, Nebraska's Director of Economic Development, who is focused on growing the state by pursuing economic opportunities, promoting strong communities, and working to make our state the very best place to live, work, do business, and raise a family. Tony, welcome to the podcast. Lynn, it, it is an honor to be here. And I'm always, it's always a joy to have a chance to spend some time with you. Thank um, you. I'm a Kit Glove fan. Ah, thank uh, you. And so uh, honored to have this chance to spend time with you and, and share the story of Nebraska's economic development and the people here with, with you and Kit Glove. Oh, fantastic. I really appreciate that. And, and thank you for being here, Tony. Before we get started, could you give our listeners a high-level summary of the Nebraska Department of Economic Development and how the average Nebraskan might be impacted by this work? Well, let me say here, our vision, what we wake up every day doing is thinking about how we grow Nebraska and how we create a good life for every one of our 1.94 million citizens, period. Yeah, that's a great way to wake up in the morning. A lot of coffee and thinking about the Nebraska citizens. Thinking about the 1.94 million citizens, how do we create a a, a good life? Because a good life is calling and, and every citizen deserves a good life. But we also have to think about growth because growth is the, if you think about a company, uh, liquidity, revenue, that's the lifeblood of a firm. Yeah, Growth is the lifeblood. So we always have to think about growth. So we wake up every day thinking about growth and, and the quality of life of our citizens. Yeah, well, thank you for that. I appreciate it very much being a Nebraska citizen myself. Uh, so, hey, for the next few questions, Tony, I'd like to talk a little bit about you You've had a long and successful career with a number of companies, large and small. But before any of those roles, I understand you were in the United States Marines for four years. How did that experience impact the leader you are today? You know, Lynn, that's that's a really great question, because being a Marine is still the foundation of who I am. I mean, you don't wear that uniform form and serve your country in that capacity without being impacted for life. So there's a sense of esprit de corps, a sense of loyalty, a sense of understanding, still living by semper fidelis, always faithful to God, core in the country. 
there's an operational and an organizational cadence that Marines live by, a tempo. The mission is always paramount. There, there, there are really no excuses. And so, and, and leadership is at the top of agenda. So that was the impact that the United States Marine Corps had on me. And those are attributes that I have carried throughout my entire career. You know, I, I should just pause a moment and say thank you for your service. I'm always in awe of those who are willing to do that very important work for our country. So thank you for that. And it, it is interesting. You do see a lot of people that are very successful come out of the Marines and the military as well. So I could see where it would lay a great foundation. So continuing in that vein... Can you elaborate on what brought you to Nebraska? Because a lot of Nebraskans start here and love sure. it. Not that many come here, but I also know that's a big part of your work. It is. It's a, it's a large driver of what I do, getting people to move to our state and getting people to stay here and not yeah. go elsewhere. Uh, but my journey to the state of Nebraska was really driven by uh, a search firm. And there was a search firm that reached out to me as a result of Cabela's, the world's foremost bank, had a, an opening for the chief operating officer and then Cabela's retail store. And so a search firm reached out to me and, and asked, was I interested? I mean, my skill sets really matched the position and what they were looking for. And my initial reaction, I'm really not interested. You know, I didn't know a lot about Nebraska. Mind you, I lived in 10 states and about 12 cities, but didn't know a lot about Nebraska. And yeah. I didn't really have an interest. And so I remember the recruiter said, listen, just, just take the visit. Never hurts to go talk to people and see what you can find out. And, and if you don't take the job, then no, no harm, no foul. And so sure enough, I did. And Lynn, what I can tell you is I, I was here for three days and I met some of the nicest people I've ever met yeah. in my life. It was just an amazing experience. I, I went through the interview process I call my wife, Kim, uh, my fiance at the time. Uh, she's my wife now, of course, <laughs> and said that I, th I think Nebraska is going to be our new home. And uh, we called our pastor and prayed about it and, and we made the move. And so that's what brought us here. I was a member of the Cabela's executive team leading the world's foremost uh, bank, leading the operation. And it was a it was a good run. We, we of course, we had to end up selling the company. We sold uh, Cabela's to Bass Pro and we sold the bank to Capital One. And I left that firm in May of 2018. I uh, started a consulting firm, but not long after Governor Ricketts called. And, and I did a, a, stint, a small stint helping out my good friend Mark LeBaron at Lincoln Industries. Oh, yeah. Great company. You know, great company. Great company. And then not long after uh, Governor Ricketts called and asked if I would join his cabinet. That's fantastic. Well, I think we are very lucky that recruiter called you. We're very lucky that your lovely wife agreed to come with you, especially if she wasn't your wife at that point, even, and very lucky that you stayed. All right. So, Tony, that leads right into my next question. In October of 2019, actually right before the pandemic, you started your new position as the Director of Economic Development for the state of Nebraska. What was that experience like, beginning a whole new role and then jumping right into such a tumultuous time for Nebraska and the economy? Let me start by saying, originally, when Governor Rick was called and asked me to assume the position, I was 
a, a somewhat reluctant because I don't have a traditional economic development background. I'm a banker by trade and I share yeah. that. With him. And his his response was, I'm not looking for a traditional economic developer. I'm looking for uh, a business, a person that is a business guy. Uh, and I want you to be the chief salesperson for the yeah. state of Nebraska. And I said, well, you know, I think I can do that. And so I assumed the position October 7th, 2019. Uh, then I had to be confirmed by the legislature. So I do to, uh, to testify in front of uh, one of the legislative committees. And then they took a, a vote uh, on the floor. So my confirmation didn't uh, didn't happen until December. So I think for me, the great thing about it is, Lynn, I, I, I Dave Rippey, my predecessor, uh, who is now running for lieutenant governor along mm. with Brett Lindstrom, he, he really left us a solid foundation here. I mean, it was yeah. a great team. I mean, really great people, great operation, a great team. And so for me, it was about coming in, really listening, learning some of the language, being coachable, but also putting what I had done in my corporate world, putting that lens on and kind of blending it in order to create what you see now. COVID really hit, you know, uh, when I got here, I did my, my, I had my first trade mission to Germany and that was in November of 2019. And then that was a governor led trade mission. And then in late February of 2020, I, along with the Lieutenant governor and a few teammates went out on uh, a trade mission to Asia, i.e. South Korea and Japan. Okay. And it was during that time period COVID was starting to rear its ugly head. I can remember we were in South Korea and then we went to Tokyo and everyone, they were wearing masks. It was a ton of conversation about COVID-19. Every day we would look at the news and you could see it was escalating. Yeah. And then there was a ship off the coast of Yokohama or Yokosuka, Japan, that couldn't come ashore and there were people dying of COVID-19 on the ship. Mm. We, we knew it was serious then. It's, yeah. we said, it's time to get back to Nebraska. Little did we know once we got back here, in less than three weeks, the disease would be here. Wow. It happened so fast. I remember as well being yes. in conversations in Colorado and people were saying, hey, this thing, it, it might be real. And and I had planned some travel and the travel trip by trip got canceled and planning yeah. events and event by event got canceled. And I think I went to lunch on a Thursday with someone who said, I'm not going to let this affect me. And on Friday night, we were all shut down. The circus was canceled. That was like the biggest like thing. The circus was canceled. Not oh, yeah. even that I love the circus, but that was a thing. So I remember, uh, Tony, I've mentioned this to you before, but I heard you speak during the pandemic and I found that you were such a solid and inspirational leader during a very difficult time for Nebraska businesses. I think you provided a lot of good advice. And one thing that always stuck with me that I've shared with many people that you said is that um, the state of Nebraska values both lives and livelihood. But you said lives will always come first, and therefore we're going to take this pandemic seriously. But you also did a lot of great things, I think, for businesses. There was economic relief and funding and lots of different programs. And I I think even just your, your leadership and Governor Ricketts' leadership through that, as a business owner myself, I found very helpful. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
So, Tony, I'm interested. Can you give us a snapshot of what your day to day looks like, even if there is a day to day routine in your role with the Department of Economic Development? You know, um, there's a variety of responsibilities that happen every day. And I will tell you, this is hands down the best job I've ever had in my career. I, I enjoy what I do. But I would say functionally, let me use Monday, for example. There's a, there's more of a cadence on Monday because I get up fairly early, always typically at 430 every morning. I'm uh, an early riser, too. I think the best yeah. work gets done before the sun comes up. Before the sun comes up. That's right. That's right. There's some workout. There's some uh, reading of my Bible. And then, and then of course, I, I start grabbing news periodicals. I mean, for me, it's about... What 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 is what's happening on the global stage from an economic standpoint? What's happening in the United States? What what levers are being? What geopolitical levers are happening? I mean, it's just an immersion yeah. in what is happening because all of that is going to drive what will happen in what we call our Monday morning meeting. Yeah, and our Monday morning meeting has a real operational cadence. We start with our vision, our mission, our values, our priorities. So there's an alignment, and it's it's it's, it's you know my entire executive team. And then we we look at our balance scorecard and really look at what are the priorities for the week, what needs to be accomplished, what's behind schedule, if anything is behind schedule, is it red, is it green, is it yellow? And then if the governor has interjected with something that is important, like right now we're going through our legislative session and yeah. so there are a number of bills that he has, his priority bills, I mean, certain senators that we support and have bills. Sometimes we have to write a letter in support. Sometimes we have to physically go across the street to the Capitol, testify to support the bill. So typically on Monday, we try to get a sense for what's what the priorities are for that week. And, and then we are engaging in looking at companies that may need to be supported from an expansion standpoint. And that's across the entire state. Housing, you know, there are a number of housing programs. My housing teammates, along with NIFA, because NIFA is kind of a part of DED, I chair that board. We're really thinking about what do we do about housing expansion? And then all of that moves down to entrepreneurs. My teammate, Joe Fox, who leads the the Business Innovation Act, that whole program. Lynn, there, there are a number of different things that happen that are looking at, for me during my day, that are looking at the entire community that again, all center around growth. I mean, yeah. growth around uh, housing, growth around entrepreneurship, growth expansion around more so expansion around businesses that are already here. I mean, what levers do we pull to help these businesses expand? Here lately, the largest driver has been around talent acquisition and talent oh, retention. for sure. Every that's, business that's, leader, yeah, I talk to yeah. is looking for workforce all, for all workforce. across, yeah. yeah. So that's, that is really been the driving force behind what happens almost every day on my calendar right now, in addition to some of the things that I mentioned. Yeah. So what's your favorite part? What do you what do you just love to do the most? You know, I think what I love to do the most really centers around helping businesses that are already here expand. Oh, yeah, that sounds great. I, I, I enjoy conversing with business leaders about, okay, so what do we need to do to help you expand so that your expansion will occur in Nebraska? And we understand that if you need some risk mitigation because you need locations in other geographies, but at the end of the day, what we want 
is for you to feel like you're valued here enough to expand in our state, create more jobs for our citizens, be extremely profitable and pay them more. We want the businesses to make money, but we want you to pay your teammates more money because if we do that and we help fuel the economy, create more tax receipts, then that person can live a better life. They can buy a home, send their kid to college, do some philanthropy, go on vacation. Absolutely. You know, I'm going to say I appreciate it. I have three grown children. Two of them uh, have chosen to live and work in Nebraska, and we're working on getting that third one back. So, so thank uh, you. I think it's going to be here. It's going to going to happen here in the future. So I came across an article you did for the Lincoln Journal Star last year where you said you're actually an introvert, which really surprised me because I see you, you know, doing a lot of speaking engagements, meeting with a lot of people out and about. I'm curious, what do you do to turn it on, so to speak? And how do you decompress at the end of the day? Uh, I am I am noted as an off the chart introvert. Wow. Yes. Yes. But you know, to turn it on, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm really clear on what I'm called to do, what my responsibilities are. And that does not allow me to be an introvert. I have to engage with people in a meaningful way so that people know and understand that I care about them. And and that's really important. And that's, that's what I'm called to do. My, my faith and my, my exercise routine and, and my meditation in the morning, which is not a long sense of meditation. It's, you know, yeah. I got to say my prayer and read my Bible and and then I got to get at it. That all allows me to walk out of the door with some with the right level of preparation to engage the way I need to. Now, in, in terms of winding down, my, my wife and my family, they all know that when I get home, I'm going to need that hour not to do anything, yeah. not to say anything. And they give me that. That's and typically it's during that hour, I, I have a, 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 a cigar room in my home. Nice. Uh, that hour is spent enjoying a cigar and that allows my mind to wind down. It slows me down. It allows my mind to wind down. And I might do some reading, read a book or read a few articles. And that's how I wind down. I love that. You know, my friends and family know not to call me in the evening because I've been on the phone or on Zoom all day and I need that quiet time myself. So that's right. Tony, I have a book on my coffee table that's called Something in the Water. Do you know anything about that book? I do. Absolutely. I do. Yes. That that is your book. And without giving away all the secrets in the book, can you tell me, in your view, what makes Nebraska so special? You know, Lynn, absolutely I can. It's the people. Mm, yeah. It's, 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 it's the people and, and, and it's the kindness of the people. What I can really tell you is, and, and the impetus behind that book and the inspiration behind that book was, I'm the son of a school teacher. And so my mother used to always say, son, just work really hard and be the best student. Mm-hmm. So in life for me, it's it's about being a good student. And when I moved here to Nebraska, I kept meeting these incredible business leaders who had accomplished just really, really great things, but they were still humble. Yeah. And when you look at places that I've lived, the, the equivalent of the person in the book in another city would be a, a little more arrogant or more yeah. pompous or, you know, yeah. I'm. I did this. So look at me. Right. 
but not not these leaders. Right. And I had never really seen that dynamic before. And it was very interesting. And so I remember saying to Jay Wilkerson, I said, this is you have to understand that this is really different. This, this is special. Said, no, this is just what we do. This in Nebraska. I said, no, Jay, this is special. Yeah. And I said, there's something there's got to be something in the water here. <laughs> and after saying that for about, I don't know, maybe 30 or 40 days, Jay called me one day and he said, meet me at the Lincoln Country Club. And so when I got to the country club, he pulled out a, a book cover and it said on the front of the cover, something in the water, the story of Lincoln's founders and builders by Tony Owens. And I said, what are, you, Jay? <laughs> well, what, are, what are we doing here? And he said, you're going to capture these stories, Tony, and I'm going to connect you with uh, Phil Redbush, who owns uh, I Red, think Red Brush. Brush. Yeah. Red uh-huh. Brush. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he said, you, you're going to do this book. And I said, why me? He said, because you're one of, you're the first person to come into the community and see that this wasn't normal. Yeah. This is just our life. This is what we do. So we think I think that you're really qualified to to do the book because you have looked at looked at us from a different perspective. So we chose 20 entrepreneurs. We created a set of 20 questions, got a, a little lapel microphone and sent out an email to the 20 entrepreneurs. And they all agreed. And and over a three year period. I interviewed them and gave all the information to Phil and he turned it into a book. They gave us photos and yeah, fun project. It's a great book. It's a great book. You know, Tony, this has to be, though, something that's really difficult in your position. And I know you've been working on a campaign for Nebraska, but it's hard to explain that to people. I think those who've never experienced the Nebraska nice or or the kindness or the accessibility of the leaders. If you've never experienced it, maybe you don't realize how much you would like that or how impactful that is on somebody's life. How do you deal with that? You know, Lynn, that's a great question. All of these are great questions. Let me stop (laughs) saying that. I mean, part of what we do is, I mean, and that, that is why this campaign is so important because we've got to change the narrative. We've got yeah. to shape, we've got to take control of our story and mm-hmm. we must articulate, you know, the real value proposition of living, working and raising a family and enjoying yourself here in our state. And, and, and that is driven by the great opportunities that we have here. So ultimately, if you can get people here, like yeah. when you get people here. So we there's a thing we do. We we always invite. We always say, listen, we're open for business. We want you to come visit us. I mean, we are very uh, assertive in the invite process, because once we get you here, then we have a chance to show you Nebraska, put you in front of very influential business leaders show you how accessible we are. I mean, accessibility is a real value proposition. Absolutely. You can get to anybody, you Mm -hmm. know, and people will take your phone call. You you can get to Lance Fritz, who's the chairman and CEO and president of Union Pacific. You can get to Clarkhorn. You can really get to people here. In other cities, folks at that level, you can't get to them. And you, you can get to not just people at that level, but Nebraskans in general are very open to taking your phone call and, and spending time with you. Yeah. So once we get the person here or the firm here, then we really show ourselves to be different because of the accessibility. And that's the real trigger that starts the firm or the person to thinking, maybe this might be a good opportunity. 
Yeah, 100%. You know, I, I'm a native Nebraskan, but when I started Kid Glove uh, almost 12 years ago, we a lot of the leaders that were in your book opened their doors to me and, you know, had coffee or lunch and shared their perspective and advice. And it, it just made me that much more successful. Even recently, we had an event at Kid Glove because we became a certified B corporation, which we're very excited about. But I was there. I know you were. And you were generous enough to give us your time as well as several other leaders. But but I, I appreciate you coming and saying a few words on our behalf. But also, you said some really great things about what makes Nebraska a great place to do business, as well as I just think right now there's five Nebraska businesses that are certified B Corps, but I think there's so many that are already qualified and just need to go through the process. Any thoughts on that? Liam, you're absolutely right. I mean, I think... There are a number of firms that if they took the time and attention to double down on the details, they could become B Corp firms. It's just a part of the overall culture of state to perform in a manner that is synonymous with what happens at B Corp. Yeah. So I would expect to see uh, more companies starting to follow suit. And by next year, we should have more than five. I hope so. I hope so. We're doing our best to spread the gospel of B Corps there. So, Tony, I'm going to ask you next my favorite question. And everybody who listens to the podcast knows that I love motivational quotes. And I get to talk to such interesting people. And I think we all have quotes from other people that we like. But I want a Tony Goins original quote to inspire our listeners. Well... I don't know whether this is an this is not an original quote. I don't have, I don't think I have an original quote, but this is uh, this is something that that drives me uh, every day, and it's really synonymous with leadership. And it is it's from the Bible. It says, "To whom much is given, much shall be required." Oh yeah. And so that simply means, listen, when you're in a position of leadership, then there's a level of accountability and responsibility. And you've been given a lot. You've been given a lot. And so the Bible says to whom much is given, much shall be required. And then I follow up with that to say, typically, you know, when I do social media, I say hashtag relationships matter. Yeah. Hashtag kindness matters. Yep. And hashtag we all wear the same jersey. Amen. Great. Great words of wisdom. I love all of those things you just said. Yeah. So, Tony, for our listeners who would like to learn more about your work, maybe learn more about the campaign to drive business in Nebraska, where can they find out more? You know, they can find out more by going to, uh, I think it's the Good Life is Calling. Yeah. The Good Life is Calling dot com. I mean, you know, I should know. I should know that website by by heart. But the Good Life is Calling. If you Google the Good Life is Calling, Nebraska. A lot of stuff comes up. Fantastic. We're going to put it in the show notes, too. So anybody who didn't get that will be able to link directly to that website because it's a beautiful website. Thank you. Yes, indeed. And so as we wrap up our time together today, Tony, what is the most important thing you would like our listeners to remember about the work that you're doing? 
I, I would say the most important thing I would like for everyone to remember is that the citizens of our state are are really important. Your lives are important. Your lives matter. And, yeah. it, you know, it, economic inclusion matters. Yeah. We've got some some areas in the state from an economic standpoint that have not prospered as well as others. And we're, we are focused on those areas. We're focused on economic inclusion and eco- economic growth for everyone. But there's some areas that have had a tough time. North Omaha has had a tough time. Yeah, yeah. You know, South Omaha has not prospered as much. And some of the rural areas uh, going out towards greater Nebraska have, have not prospered as much. So we've got a laser focus on those areas. And so economic inclusion does matter because when we can help all Nebraskans economically, then we think that's really healthy for the entire state. Right. We cannot be a great state unless we pay attention to everyone. What did you say in the beginning with all of our 1.9 million citizens? Every one of us. Absolutely. There you go. There you go. Tony, this has been so much fun talking with you. And I truly believe the world needs more people like you. We're lucky to have you right here in Nebraska. Thank you for taking time to talk with me today. Thank you, Lynn. Much appreciated. We hope you enjoyed today's Agency for Change podcast. To hear all our interviews with those who are making a positive change in our communities or to nominate a changemaker you'd love to hear from, visit kidglove.com at kidglov.com to get in touch. As always, if you like what you've heard today, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.